0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Hello, and it's an emergency podcast. Jurassic (laughs) Pod is back. I'm Eric Corrine from The Athletic with me as always. Holly McKenzie, but look, we don't have time to talk to her right off the bat because we have breaking news. The Summer League schedule is out. Airhorn, airhorn, airhorn. Holly, how's it going?
1: (laughs) Okay, you scared me. I was like, hold on, we didn't talk about an emergency thing. And then when you were like, breaking news, I was like, two seconds ago, there was not breaking news. What (laughs) what has happened in the past two minutes? Hi. Uh, uh,
0: How are you? Have you recovered from the press releases? (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh yeah, I'm doing okay, I think. Um yeah, I'm just just trying to wrap my head around a, a world where Summer League is almost here again somehow. I'm not sure how. Uh it,
0: it's the passage of time. Uh I'm for listen, it. Listen. I mean listen, I'm for it as opposed to the alternative, I suppose.
1: Listen, it's draft week. Yeah. Draft A, A. Wiggins. <laughs> he's getting he's doing the the not parade today, kind of parade today. In yeah,
0: I haven't read anything about that. So what's what's
1: happening? Like why? I don't know why. Uh, so well, I
0: mean, I assume it's <clears throat> something to do with
1: the pandemic, maybe. Super informed we are. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: um, uh, but well, we're not anyway,
0: a, we're not a Warriors podcast.
1: The Warriors like, are like celebrating. Of, we have
0: like six of those on the athletic network.
1: <laughs> the Warriors are celebrating their. Their latest and newest championship. Uh, you know how good it must feel to have won so many championships that you get to say your you're like latest and greatest championship, not just your championship? Uh, anyway, they're celebrating that today. And um, among the Warriors who are celebrating, Andrew Wiggins, who I am just beyond thrilled for. So, yeah. Yeah, he was awesome.
0: Uh, in the NBA Finals, as both a defender on—I mean, I think first and foremost a defender on Jason Tatum, uh, but also on the glass and <clears throat> scoring when the, when the sort yeah. of Warriors' beautiful machine—I don't want to say broke down, but couldn't produce reliable offense against the you know a very very good defense, mm-hmm. especially in that game. I want to say it was Game Five. Uh, mm-hmm, Wiggins, mm-hmm. like with just several attacks. Um, to score uh, and and just, you know, in in isolation more or less. And, you know, it's sort of funny that Wiggins had been getting, you know, a modicum of praise after, you know, leaving a situation in Minnesota where he had to do that however many times a game. And he became known as this defensive guy, this weak side shooter, (laughs) this, Uh, and then in that game five, it's like, oh yeah, like, Maybe I wasn't, you know, exactly the guy to be doing that 30 times a day, but if you need me, or a game, but if you need me to do that 10 times a game, it might be all right. Uh, It certainly was all right. He was probably the second most important Golden State Warrior in that series overall. Uh,
1: Eric, there was actually talk for a period of time during the finals about whether Steph would win... Finals MVP if the Warriors won or if it could go to Andrew Wiggins. I'm glad – definitely, certainly glad that it went to Steph Curry. But that's how good he was. Yeah, the fact uh, that that there was –
0: I think most of what that proves is there are two off days in between all but one (laughs) games. uh, But he legitimately
1: was – yeah, I would say their second most important player. And also like just the fact that he became the guy who – when the Warriors needed something, whether it was on offense or on defense – he was like the reliable person to step up and deliver that. And that is not an easy thing to be, not an easy thing to do. And I thought uh, Clay Thompson's quotes immediately after the game when he said, I used to do that. That used to be my job. <laughs> it's really hard. Like he made my life so much easier. And he's, you know, he said he has to play defense on the best player and then come back down and score on the other end. That's really hard. And first of all, Clay Thompson –
0: Holy cannoli. King. Holy cannoli.
1: <laughs> king. Cloud 109. He's a king. Uh, I love that man. I just you... want him to, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure his life is pretty great and he doesn't need me to wish great things upon him. But I just want Clay to have all good things always,
0: ever. You have gone so all in on calling people kings.
1: Who else have I called a king?
0: Uh, my dog, for one um
1: oh well he is the king of your house yeah that was a different kind of king that was but like...
0: you're I, I think you called christian leclerc a king leclerc leclerc Chris- christian no charles sorry <laughs>
1: <laughs> no uh i don't think i i don't think it was charles i do feel like there was an f1 tweet though that i mean I did there were many f1
0: about. tweets on uh on sunday my yeah, my, sure my guy max verstappen unstoppable yeah, um, he's incredible. Um. He is he is my guy.
1: <clears throat> what made him your guy?
0: Uh, we were just discussing this uh, when you had been noted as a huge F one fan, <laughs> and I decided because I had heard he's a bit of a malcontent. Uh, so that, that, oh, I, yeah, okay. that I that he was my guy based on. But this is what
1: I meant. I just meant like, have you watched it since? Based, since no, no, absolutely guy just, not.
0: But but literally uh, that's that's that that's all. And um, well, I you picked my, a once
1: in a generation driver. So my guy is yeah. killing
0: it. Um, yeah. I think uh, you
1: need to. I think you need to get familiar with Yuki Sonoda. I think you would love him. He's become like um, he and Pierre Gasly. Um, they've kind of become like my second faves. My second, yeah. like they're like a, maybe even my not no I, maybe everyone's just tied at number one. But anyway, Yuki <laughs> gets very very angry on the radio and he's just constantly swearing and screaming. And then he always apologizes really like nicely, and it's just. He's hilarious. He's
0: great. I love him. Uh, while you were watching F1 on Monday, on Sunday, today's Monday. And while you're hearing this, it might be Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or who knows, <laughs> you know, sometime in 2024. Um, but while you were doing 2024,
1: on Sunday, 2023.
0: No, I mean, any year. It could be any year, uh, as, unless this gets erased <laughs> from the internet, which, you know, who knows? We, we might say, horrible, oh my gosh, I'm so things. sorry.
1: We, we can go back to what you were saying, but I need to say this before I forget. When you said something about machines breaking down.
0: Yeah.
1: I've already forget what that was. What
0: were you um, saying? I, I don't know, Holly. <laughs> uh, this... <laughs>
1: you said something at the beginning of this podcast about machines breaking down, and I needed to say, have you ever seen the movie Wall-E?
0: Oh, I saw that you watched it. I have not seen it. Uh, it's, oh, it's my been, goodness. It's been high on the list of, uh, certainly highest on the list of Pixar movies I have not <laughs> seen uh, to see. And I know that it is regarded as like top three and by many people. I sort of feel like, like WALL-E was the beginning of Pixar being taken as like high-end adult art. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: I could be wrong on that. People have studied this a lot more than I have. But I remember when that came out and it sort of... Changed the conversation that I was aware of. It least, changed about, the game um, <laughs> about Pixar. <laughs> but you were crying. Uh, oh Twitter my
1: goodness! Like no, I had one of those headaches after watching the game from being dehydrated from crying so much. I didn't know what it was about. Had no idea the premise, concept, anything was not. Ex- I didn't know it was going to be sad, emotional. Like I had. It, it's not even that it was. It, well, yeah, it was that, but just. Wow. I was blown away. And when you mentioned um, Machines Breaking Down, that's the first thing I thought about. I cried within like the first like 12 minutes of of the movie. Yeah. And that's when I kind of was like, oh, shit, I'm really in for it. This is going to be – this is going to be an event. Uh, I just want everyone to watch this movie and you'll realize the love and affection you feel for a not human um, – thing it's just beautiful it's a beautiful movie and i love it so much and i could get like i almost could get emotional just talking about it again i don't watch i don't watch movies as you as you well you did consume
0: the whole marvel universe but you don't you didn't go to theaters but that's the thing when i tweeted about wally
1: so many people um tweeted me back and said i can't believe you haven't seen this or this seems like a you movie and i just feel like i need to explain to people like When I say that there was a period of time that I didn't watch movies, there was literally like a 20-year period where I did not watch movies or TV. So very into it now. Love sitting on the couch and being entertained and not using my brain. Uh, But there's so many movies that I haven't seen, so I kind of feel like I'm catching up. And um, this movie was incredible, and now I just want to want, want to watch all Pixar films
0: uh, have oh you watched gosh. any? Have you watched any others? We're we're so far afield. This is going to be the biggest digression <laughs> of uh, <laughs> of all. I thought like starting with the summer league a joke emergency announcement was going to be a digression, and now we're like three digressions <laughs> away
1: from that. Listen, I'm sorry. It's the off season. We can talk about things. We can yeah. do our Marvel episode, maybe, uh, guys. I might be able to convince him uh
0: yeah um (laughs) i know
1: you're all dying to hear me like butcher the marvel universe and and talk about that someone explained to me very nicely it was one of the nicest exchanges i've ever had on twitter that the um, (laughs) uh low bar (laughs) what is the guys what is the morbius is that what the movie's Uh, called i don't
0: know mobius mobius
1: yes probably not morbius That might be morbid whatever it is that movie i was like this looks awful don't want to watch it marvel you've lost me and i had like Multiple Marvel people, but one very nice guy who was a very, very, very large Marvel fan very patiently and painstakingly explained to me that that is not a Marvel movie. It's under a different umbrella and it shouldn't be considered a Marvel movie because like that would be like a like a blight on the Marvel like cinematic universe. So it's not it's not
0: canon. Is what he was yeah, saying, which but, I
1: didn't know, but I really did appreciate. So, yeah, if if we do a podcast, I'm sure we'll get lots of those. Uh, but anyway, uh, recent movies, Turning Red was was a yeah. Was we watched one movie that there?
0: one for uh, my my film club. Um, and I didn't know
1: you had a film club.
0: Yeah, you did know that you just forgot. Oh, with Lindsay, uh, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, um, sorry.
1: Film club made it sound a little more intense.
0: Oh yeah, it's supposed to sound intense. That was part of our coming of age. Uh, block where everybody got to choose a coming of age movie
1: who chose Um, this one
0: uh this was uh my wife's choice
1: great great pick loved the movie so cool to see toronto i wanted more toronto
0: but i realized they can't just make a movie for torontonians but let's like once they had that what was it a daisy mart reference like i was like (laughs) all i all i want is this
1: I loved it so much for so many reasons, a uh, very important movie. And if you don't like it or you want to criticize it, you suck and you should self-examine. You should self-reflect.
0: Yeah. Anyway, next week, uh, we'll have some more 14-year-old movie reviews from Holly McKenzie. Uh, Holly <laughs> did come out in 2008. <laughs> uh, when I was, the oh divert-
1: my gosh, we also watched Unbreakable. <laughs> I also watched Unbreakable.
0: That's even older than that. That's like That's got to be like 21 or 22 years at least. Yeah, I think it's um, 21
1: years old. Uh, uh i absolutely was furious at the ending of that movie i will not talk about it we don't need to like spoil anything not that you can spoil anything that's 20 years old furious angry don't want to talk about yeah. it
0: okay the thing i was going to say beforehand which we don't need to reflect on anymore <laughs> is that while you were watching f1 i got like my first heart palpitations because of the jays on sunday <gasps> uh oh, yes. could, could not deal with that game could not deal with that series the yankees are too good the jays you're, you're, also, you're also you're also I hate Someone it.
1: said to you, why are you so mean?
0: Yeah, I didn't because think that was called for. Um, I, I did. <laughs> uh, I, wa- I was... Because
1: that's what I thought too. I mean,
0: you say Kikuchi is driving me crazy. Listen, um, stop
1: it. Be he's driving me bit...
0: crazy. He's got to like... Okay. Just throw strikes, man. I-, I hate it. I hate it. The most frustrating thing, even though I know it's not his fault. He's not trying mm-hmm. to underperform. But this is the mm-hmm. thing I get to be an irrational fan about. Like watching a pitcher unable to locate his pitches. Like I'd rather see a guy just wiped out by home runs rather than like. Here's walk, my walk, thing. Walk, 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 I walk. think
1: I, I, you're correct. You are being a fan. Yeah, and this is I, I fully admit that. Typical fan behavior. Yeah. But I think I don't like fans. <laughs> <laughs> like I, like I love fans. I love fans in theory. Yeah. I love fans when they're happy, but the normal fan reaction like that you had where you were saying, just throw strikes. Like you think he's not trying. Yeah, oh, no, I'm aware. You from your couch are gonna criticize a player who's doing something that you could never do. And this is why I think um this is one of my like this is like one of my realizations over the pandemic. I don't like I don't like the full fan experience. I only like the good side. I don't like when fans Criticize. I don't like it.
0: Yeah, I feel um, upset. Yeah, it's just like my anxiety about the Jay's long-term hub, which of course is like so unimportant, <laughs> turned into like, like turned into something that is not anxiety. So I don't have to feel like that. So it's just like <laughs> t- turned into like online rage. Um,
1: you got. You did get very angry though, and that's why when that fan said to you. Like, you're being mean or, or you're, you're like, come off it. I forget what the tweet was, but I was like, yeah, like, that's how I feel. Oh, yeah I almost was going to message you about it, but I was like, no, I gotta just let him do this, because no. he's just being a fan. It's funny. And I, I, I was always talking, have these
0: moments. I was talking to Caitlin McGrath, the Jays writer for The Athletic, on, on Thursday, because she saw Subscribe me Subscribe to
1: the, the Athletic, because Caitlin is awesome. Because she
0: saw me the on reasons. the Jumbotron at the Jays game on Thursday, which they lost oh, 10-2. Wow. Uh, second time I've been on the Jumbotron this year. Um, it's all happening. And she was talking about how angry Jays fans are about a team that's like on pace to win 95 games, <laughs> which, <laughs> <laughs> which is- uh, but you know, like
1: expectations. Listen, the Yankees that that was all bad. Like that was all just yeah, extreme. The Yankees are awesome. Gun.
0: And in the words of Ida Maria, expectations are such a drag. Um, we should bring this conversation. I know. I'm sorry. Back to basketball. Since, I was gonna yeah. say. I
1: you know what? I was gonna do that. And my segue was going to be. I like. I don't like the full fan experience. I've learned, and to get to the Raptors, I really still am upset that fans chanted. What they chanted at Joel Embiid, I didn't like that. I still uh, don't like it. Yeah. I've thought about it. I've had time <laughs> yeah, to, you to, to like reflect. Yeah, and I think that sucked. Uh, and I think I think the reason it came up is because in the finals, Boston fans did that to Draymond Green, and yeah, I just think that's lame. Like, let's get a bit chant something better.
0: Yeah, let's yeah. get a bit cleaner and a bit more creative. I, I, it can be done. Um, back to the finals for just a second, and the playoffs mm-hmm. in general. Having, and I promise we'll get to the off-season because we know people love <laughs> the off-season rumor content. Um, was there anything about how the playoffs played out, how the finals played out, that makes you reflect on how the Raptors are building their team? And, and mm-hmm. I, I'm sort of thinking, to be perfectly honest, about you know the collection of versatile wings, but you can take this in any way you'd like. Uh, mm-hmm. that, is there any way that... Yeah, How long they played uh, out uh, made you think about the Raptors, either positively, negatively that, or indifferently.
1: Like it made me think if I was the Raptors, I would be absolutely kicking myself that I didn't have Gary Payton the second on this team. <laughs> like I want him as a Raptor so badly.
0: To be fair, Gary Payton the second never signed with the Raptors. He was on the Raptors nine oh five. Nine
1: oh five, yeah. But
0: which just means they got a closer look at him, but he never had a Raptors contract. So it's not quite the same as Uh, like a guy being signed to a two-way contract and then not using him and then him exploding Mm -hmm. elsewhere but yes but
1: still my goodness I I love watching him play basketball and I love everything that we've gotten to know about him off the court as well I just think he's just awesome and I know Raptors you know we want vision six nine tall, long <laughs> players. This is the smaller player you want. Holy! Have you ever seen a player of his size play bigger than than him? He's incredible. I just, I just love him. I love everything about watching him play. He makes things happen, and uh, you kind of have to be like that if you're going to be a super undersized uh player in this league. And I think because his journey was so long and so winding, you're smiling, and I'm not sure why. Because oh, no. I'm talking. No, about- no, 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 no. Go okay. on. <laughs> uh, I think because his journey has been so long and winding and, you know, full of so many rejections, really, and and setbacks. And also the fact that he's grown up with the game. Like after the finals, Gary Payton, his dad, was with the NBA 2B staff and was just saying, This is such a cool moment for him. It was cooler for him watching his son win than him winning himself because he remembers him being with him, like being with the game as a ball boy growing up. I think, like, because of all of those things, and because he's undersized, like he had to become so intelligent to the game, where he can see things and make them happen that like you wouldn't necessarily expect from a guy of his size. He doesn't make mistakes. He's such a good player, and I loved watching him. And after after Wiggins, he was probably my favorite part of of uh, of the finals. He was just such a great story, and I'm so happy for him. And I wish that he was a
0: raptor. Uh, almost. Uh- I think he might have out Fred Van Vlieted Fred Van yes! Vliet um, just, just in terms of like, he almost applied to be a video coordinator. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's I, I, I mean, Fred Van Vliet would never apply to be a video coordinator because he would just assume whatever, wherever he landed to play basketball would eventually <laughs> propel him to NBA stardom. So maybe that shows more self-doubt than Fred Van Vliet has, which, you know, makes him more relatable to me. But uh <laughs> but anyway, it's certainly an amazing story uh and uh, he, he's an awesome player and he is a free agent. We'll get to that later, but you mentioned Vision six nine uh which yeah. I've also called Project six eight in my uh, conversation with John Hollinger. Um, I think I just
1: like vision six nine because it reminds me of um vision and um you know, WandaVision. Oh, never mind. I got gotcha. you. I'm not um, sure if you've seen that
0: um no, i'm getting, marvel. I I, I'm getting
1: I, I, a marvel episode this summer no matter what we do yeah continue your conversation um, with john
0: yeah mention project uh six eight vision six nine uh a guy prominently involved with that is og ananobi who since we last oh, talked man. at the end of the playoffs uh was in has been in you know trade rumors uh most prominently from jake fisher of bleacher report um Jake is c- catching a lot of heat for these rumors. So, I'm just going to go on a little He's been catching
1: a lot of heat this the past couple weeks yeah. just for asking questions. Yeah, let right?
0: me let me it's up to all reporters to decide what's worth running with and what's not worth running with. And whether you think what he reported is worth, you know, putting out there in the public, you know, I think reasonable people can disagree. But if you are going to use it, which he did, um, and, like, of course, I'm going to defend fellow writers, but I don't (laughs) think I'm being, you know, wildly out of left field here. Like, he did couch it in, you know, maybe this is other teams sort of willing this Mm -hmm. into existence to find, like, a multi two-way or, uh, you know, a very good two-way player Which, you know, is sort of my takeaway from the finals and the playoffs is the more two-way wings you can have, uh, sort of the better. You can't have enough of those guys, which is sort of the Raptors, you know, philosophy right now. And, And so, you know, if you are another team and you're thinking that these types of players are gaining value and you look at the Raptors future and you're thinking oh well you might have to pay fred van vliet and you might have to pay pascal siakam you're definitely gonna have to pay scotty barnes is this guy gettable that's where that stuff comes from and i think Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. if you're gonna mention it which he did i think you know him putting it out there that at least at least that a lot of it is coming from other teams and the raptors are still enamored with him is the responsible way to do so um so with all that said With caveats caveated, (laughs) um, what have you made about OG Ananobi's name in general being out there, I think, most commonly linked with Portland and the seventh overall pick?
1: Yes, I think what I've made um, of these rumors and talks is uh, the same reaction (laughs) that most of Twitter has had, but just in a like toned down version, you know, like, as you said, um, I think one of the biggest things that gets lost when a reporter does this type of work um, is people often assume that if someone's putting something out there, that it's the only information they've gotten. And I think that Just, of course, the average person reading something isn't aware of the amount of information that a reporter has and that they have to sift through before they decide what they're going to use, right? So, like, getting this isn't the only piece of information that he's heard. It's something that he feels there's some sense of weight or truth behind. He um, had the caveat at the beginning that, you know, other teams, cool. Uh, All that being said, um, I don't really think... I I it just doesn't seem I, I think no.
0: <laughs> I think is no. what I think. Uh I think I don't doubt yeah, that yeah. like
1: like conversations are happening and things like that, but I don't think that this is where the Raptors are going.
0: Yeah, I'm mostly in agreement with you, Holly. Um I think it's reasonable for other teams to be doing... I mean, I, I'm i doing the math and, and sort of trying to figure out what can be done and what can't be if you're going to pay all or most of these guys. Mm-hmm. And it's reasonable that if I'm doing it, then other teams are doing it and poking around. Uh, what I think is far more likely than a multiplayer, maybe multi-team trade is the Raptors taking this you know, off-season, seeing if they get... Van Vliet or Siakam extensions Mm -hmm. done, seeing how much this team can do with a little extra depth, probably. And next summer, you have a bit more information. You have the possible or likely free agency of Gary Trent. You have the possible or likely free agent of Fred Van Vliet. And you have Ananobi one more year one year closer to mm-hmm. free agency. Mm-hmm. And I just think unless they're blown, blown away by an offer, like even <laughs> if, if you lose a bit of leverage, the longer this plays out, um, the, y- you're probably erring on the side of wanting to see how this group develops together. Uh, well, so-
1: I feel like that looking at the history of the Raptors in recent years and especially under Masai Ujiri's tenure um that's yeah, what he did f- yeah yeah i feel like i feel like he really likes to have he's certainly not afraid to make a move at all and that's a great thing but he's not going to be rushed into making a move without having all of the information available and i think he likes to have as much information as possible available about the players um and options uh for the team that, that there could be. And I I just, I don't think that he would rush that unless something amazing comes along, like you said, and I just don't really see that playing out.
0: Yeah. And like a lot of like the Portland trade would, not that there aren't ways in which you can improve uh mm-hmm. by trading OG Ananobi. I think it like, you know, I remain pretty high on OG, but there's reason to have skepticism. And, and like, certainly, which I wrote about if like, he really wants a bigger offensive role on a team, and that was only sort of mentioned by Fisher again mm-hmm. under the caveat of, you know, this he hasn't complained to the team about this. Um, but maybe it's something that's being discussed on, you know, internally with him and his right. lovely agents at Clutch Sports. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it seems unlikely that he's going to become a second option on a team that has Scotty Barnes, who, you know, right. was the fifth or sixth option guy last year and is only set to grow. And then Fred, Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. My favorite stat that I fi- figured out doing this OG on an OB piece, um, Pascal Siakam's usage last year, so he led the Raptors in usage, and I can't remember exactly what it was. It was something like 25.7%, but only two teams had top usage guys who had a lower usage than the raptors. Uh, So basically it means like for a Mm. you know top option, Pascal Siakam doesn't shoot very much. Mm. (laughs) Which, which is and you know if he continues to improve upon last year and you know progress isn't linear, blah blah blah, but I'd say the likelihood is that he's Eating up a bit more of the offense, not a bit less of the offense, and mm-hmm. certainly true of Scotty Barnes. And even if like Fred VanVleet drops down a bit, like there is not a ton left over there in terms of you really want to change your role or your you know spot on the hierarchy of a team mm-hmm. uh, uh, for OG Ananobi. And that doesn't mean he'll get opportunities to improve, and like they will get put him in different places to improve but like if you're only concerned about volume i could see where the concern would be i guess is what mm-hmm. i'm trying to say does that all track to you or am i no it insane? totally
1: does and it's an, it brings it makes me think of another interesting thing that i always think about when uh stories drop about players having you know concerns or interests that seem opposite to how we view players you know like i look at the og that we have gotten to know <laughs> with, with the uh, additional caveat that he makes it so that we don't really get to know him all that well. That's
0: the gimmick, <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. But when I look at OG and think about the, all the things that he has said publicly to us uh, and the way he talks about basketball and the way he talks about his own game, Never have I come away thinking, oh, that, that guy definitely is unhappy with his role offensively, or he wants to be, like, the number two guy, you know? But it always makes me think when these things come up, we don't know anything about these guys that we dedicate our lives to covering, you yeah, know?
0: and the thing that I would, like, the case I was reminded <coughs> of was... Sorry, I'm coughing. Uh, My yeah, allergies
1: have just been, like, out of control. Yeah, I've, I've been, popp- is, I've been
0: popping the occasional antihistamine, too. Um mm-hmm. Like Jeremy Grant, I remember when he signed that deal with Detroit to go from Denver mm-hmm. to Detroit., uh, like nobody really thought Jeremy Grant was like really curious about what he could be in a high usage role, and that's not the only reason <laughs> he signed there. But it does make a certain amount of sense that if you are of, you know, good enough to be a really good player in the NBA, mm-hmm. you're curious about how far that talent can take you and by extension a team. And if you're considering your next contract, uh, which, you know, in today's NBA, contracts are only four or five years at most. So, you know, your agents at the very least are almost always considering your next contract, Mm -hmm, especially mm -hmm. when you're in your mid-20s or younger. uh, You you might want to maximize the numbers Mm -hmm. you can put up. And that involves maybe having a different role. I'm not reporting that Og Ananobi <laughs> definitely wants a bigger role. I'm just saying there are, the factors are in place where it would make some sense, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I couldn't begrudge him that. Uh, but enough on that. I don't think it's likely. You don't think it's likely that Ananobi gets moved. So we probably. Of course, us
1: both saying yeah. this probably means a huge deal's coming on yeah. Thursday afternoon. But, uh, yeah.
0: Well, as long. As it doesn't happen when I'm at a wedding uh, this summer, that would be great. Uh, or on an As airplane. long
1: as it makes everybody involved happy is... is no,
0: this is about is me. what I, <laughs> I, I, what I, I, I I'm involved uh, and this is about me. Uh, the NBA draft is Thursday. Um, the Raptors, yeah. of course, have the 33rd pick. Uh, time willing, I will have a piece up on Tuesday, if not by Wednesday, on the likelihood... Uh, that the Thaddeus Young, which dropped the Raptors essentially from the 20th pick overall to the 33rd pick. Uh, mm-hmm. What are like the historical probabilities? What do the pr- historical probabilities say about that trade working out? The short answer is um, not a huge difference between the average 20th pick and the average 33rd pick uh, mm-hmm. over time. Uh, hey, tomorrow's yeah.
1: the longest day of the year. Did you know that?
0: Uh, I did, June 21st.
1: Yeah, tomorrow. That's tomorrow. I just realized right now doing the math in my head of the days.
0: Summer solstice, baby. Wild. Um, cool. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. So, the draft's coming up. Raptors have the third pick in the <laughs> second round. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had an article on nine names that could uh, be <clears throat> potential Raptors picks in the NBA draft. Uh, the mock drafts, you know, there's always some surprises. There's pretty much a consensus on, you know, the 22 players or so who won't be available to the Raptors at 33, assuming they keep that pick. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then from there we get a lot of guessing games because there are teams that are selling picks. There are teams that want to pick somebody, but would rather not have that player on the books this year. Uh, so I think, you know, beyond that, there's a, a wide range of players that can be had, uh, before we get into any specifics with the 33rd pick and in the Raptors situation, uh, that they're currently in. Which I would describe as not hellbent on being you know a championship contender next year,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: they probably want to you know improve uh that Be that's, in the
1: conversation yeah they the they want to yeah. you know
0: maintain or improve while while not giving up uh, f- flexibility for the mm-hmm. future, how at pick number thirty three do you veer long term or are you more intrigued with a no. guy who can help you sooner? Yeah. Keeping in, mo- I feel like keeping thir- in mind 30- that at 33, you know, getting anybody who can contribute yeah, right away is a win, give or take a Herb Jones, who I think was picked 32 last year. Like it's unlikely. So how do you how do you view the pick in that sense?
1: Yeah, whenever whenever I hear you say things like that, which are true about the second round pick and the thirty third pick, I just go back to Gary Payton the second <laughs> because that's where my brain is right now. And I think you never know what you're going to get with a player in the second round or an undrafted guy. Because hey, look at Gary Payton the second. That's where my head and my heart is right now. And I don't think he's going to be in Toronto, so um, I just got to let Golden State continue to enjoy him. But yeah, no. Uh... <laughs> back to what you were asking um I don't think you really think about it long term I think that you just go with if a guy that you like is available that you think has things that could help your team um as is as well as if you think he has parts of his game that you feel confident that your development staff could um develop and and further um you know, improve his game, then yeah, I don't really think you think, I don't even think you think so much about specific fit. You just are looking for a talent that you could potentially develop and who can help your team. Does that make sense? Like, like obviously you want someone who fits, but like, I wouldn't, I don't think at 33, you're not going to take someone just because of the makeup as your team right now. It's almost like taking a flyer on a player to me. Yeah. Um,
0: it would be silly to draft for need for sure. Um <clears throat> mm-hmm whether you want to go like long term project or shorter path to contribution mm-hmm. i think that's in more a more interesting conversation with this pick uh ultimately i think you just got to go with the guy you think you can turn into the best player and, and who's going to be
1: available you don't yeah, even no, know obvi- at that obviously
0: point. and and yeah. whatever i am talking about you know the moment you're on the clock um what um
1: who do you, who are you like uh, Do you have favorites?
0: So before we get down to get to that, uh, let me read the last 20, 33rd picks to you, Holly. Are you ready for right. to remember some guys? Uh, sure. Uh,
1: I like remembering some guys. Yeah,
0: Jason Preston, 2021. Uh, Daniel Oturu, former raptor, uh, <laughs> who played in the Cleveland uh, debacle. Uh, the Cleveland, co- <laughs> uh, oh my the gosh. Cleveland COVID debacle. Uh, that
1: feels like that was this year and also five years ago.
0: Uh, welcome to the pandemic. Uh, <sighs> Carson Edwards, uh, Jason, or nope, Jalen Brunson, probably the best name on this list.
1: Jalen Brunson, who uh, posted an Instagram story in Toronto a couple days ago.
0: Oh, what does not it mean? What does it mean?
1: Not- <laughs> It means he wants everyone to know he's in Toronto. That's for sure, because it was right of the CN Tower. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw that. <laughs>
0: no, I did not. Um, Wesseldo, uh, Cheek Di- Diallo, Jordan Mickey, Joe Harris, another hit at number thirty-three. Mm-hmm. Carrick Felix, Bernard James, Kyle Singler, Hassan Whiteside. Oh, I
1: loved Carrick Felix. Continue. I
0: can't believe you have a Carrick Felix take. Um, I, I had forgotten about him. Full disclosure uh dante cunningham so- cunningham solid pro uh a pro uh somebody who you wrote a long feature on former raptor initials jd can you come up with it 2008 Dorsey. yes yeah. um marcus williams solomon jones <laughs> brandon bass peter john ramos uh luke walton and dan gadzurich um yeah the last two actually walton and gadzurich Are the guys who have spent who spent the longest with the team they ended up on after Mm -hmm. draft night? Uh both eight years for both guys with the teams that wound up. Uh a lot of you know, a lot of tough ones there, but that's sort of what the 33rd pick is. And the Listen, man, it's really hard to make it to the NBA
1: and it's even harder to stay. Um,
0: do I have favorites? I I think the name that popped out when I was first doing this, and, and most mocks have him going before the Raptors but it was uh Dalen Terry from Arizona. Mm-hmm. He just seems so raptorsy. Um <laughs> I forget what uh our pal Kevin O'Connor at the uh, at the Ringer had him listed, and it was something to do with Scotty Barnes. I am uh looking it up as we speak. No, there's another player who had something to do with Scotty Barnes. Never mind. Uh but his, his comps are uh Iguodala and Will Barton from uh from Kevin O'Connor and he's just sort of a high energy high character um versatile defender with a long wingspan and uh you know a smart guy pretty decent yeah. shooter and, and like a, a, better shooter. a better shooter than the Raptors usually start mm-hmm. with uh he is 20 he is a sophomore so not quite the developmental developmental curve um that we're talking about a lot with with freshmen or, or G League guys. Um, so those would be my. I, I mean, he was the guy that's that's at the beginning of this process really jumped out and was like, mm-hmm. "This guy makes sense as a Raptor." Um, I
1: would like the Raptors to draft Andrew Nemhard. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Go the, the that, yeah. He I think he was playing for Team Canada when he was like fifteen. <laughs> yeah, just
1: I've just watched him play for so long and. I just love watching him. Obviously, I love point guards, as you know. Um, I got to, I got to profile he and his brother earlier this year together for a piece. Like I've talked to Andrew before, but this was my first time talking to the two of them about the other. And oh my gosh, they're both just so lovely. They're just, I just, I just wish them both great success. And I think it would be really fun if um, one of them became a raptor.
0: It certainly would. Nump- and so uh, Andrew Numpard, uh the big talk for him was coming out of the Chicago Combine as he dominated mm-hmm. the scrimmages. Uh, that immediately moved him up uh, every mock draft from, for the most part, not taken or taken in the 50s to, like, high second round. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I don't really Listen, I'm in... allowed
1: to have a dream pick. No, I'm
0: not criticizing your dream pick. I'm just saying, like if he doesn't get drafted which we don't want we want him to be drafted but if he doesn't and he ends up on the raptors uh summer league team i don't think that's yeah, an impossible right. scenario uh same with Ju- I, I julian champagne like fe- um justin's brother
1: yeah that's interesting too that would be fun the thing with andrew is i feel like whatever like if if let's say if he d- doesn't end up being drafted whatever team he ends up with this summer i just feel like they're gonna fall in love with him. Like like they're just gonna fall in love with them. That's what that's my take um on Andrew Nemhard. Uh yeah, yeah, so I
0: think there are a couple of Duke guys, uh, which is weird, who could be in the Raptors uh wheelhouse or, or sort of selection. Wendell Moore Jr. Yeah. as well as um Trevor Keels. Um now Moore Jr Moore. Uh, this is confusing. Moore Jr. was a junior. <laughs> um, yeah, he so he went to Duke for three years. And yeah. he sort of emerged in his third year after a sort of slow start to his career as a bit of a do-it-all guy, like playing a bit of point guard, uh, playing off ball a bit. Uh, a pretty key defensive player. He doesn't lack that, or he doesn't have that, you know, huge upside just because of huge
1: because wingspan. He though? has a huge
0: seven foot wingspan, <laughs> but for and um, and he can shoot. And he, can, he had a good third year in shooting. Uh, I, I believe his numbers were down the first two years. Um, but obviously he shot uh, 41.3 from three this past year, uh, which shows he, he could you know, become a, a very solid three-point shooter at this level. Well listen,
1: in the Raptors developmental system. Yeah, you know,
0: he'll be shooting 60%. Um <laughs> the, Ra- no, the Raptors uh, have never obvi- failed developmentally. Only has never.
1: Absolutely never. Uh obviously Andrew is my like <laughs> dream heart pick, but uh for guys that I've seen kind of listed in the like near the Raptors uh at 33, I do I do like more junior um more junior yeah yeah, i was like why did you think that was confusing and then when i said it myself yeah i felt like i was well i i'm
0: saying it was confusing because he is also he's also a junior um yes which more junior who was a junior and trevor keels is more of uh i I believe kevin o'connor's player comp to him was uh lou dort without like the spectacular one-on-one defense uh he's Mm -hmm. sort of like a six five uh ball type player Uh, and the way i described him in in my piece was he's the guy who when asked what position he plays will most likely say i'm just a basketball player Um,
1: (laughs) that's awesome speaking of lou Dor, lou door and pascal siakam were in montreal for the formula one race this weekend and got to see some great photos of them with some of the drivers, and yeah, it was pretty cool to see your boy Matt. I was Verstappen about to say, I,
0: yeah, see with my guy uh, Verstappen. With,
1: uh, Red Bull, Red Bull athletes.
0: Um, yeah, you love to see it. Uh, you love, you love, Ew. you love the brand synergy. Uh, also sort of in the running, a, a pair of centers, Kristen uh, Christian Coloco and Ishmael Kamagate. I believe is how you pr- pronounce that name. Coloco, who's also projected to go right, you know, late first round, early second round, uh, his hometown, Holly, is Douala, Cameroon. Does that interesting? Does that mean anything to you?
1: Well, I'm not. I, I'm sure it means something to a very important member of the Raptors. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Pascal Siakam's hometown. Yes. Uh so that, <laughs> that would be, be cool too.
1: I'm just I guess at number 33, I mean I'm always here for the draft day stories always Raptors yeah. or otherwise, but I guess at uh the 33rd pick I'm really just here for the good stories. So yeah, give me someone who shares a hometown with Pascal, give me someone who has a brother on the Raptors, uh Justin Champagne's brother. Give me Andrew Nemhard because that would
0: be awesome. Uh, one last name I'm going to throw out there is Caleb uh, Houston, I believe. I don't think yes! it's Houston. Uh, that would
1: also be really yeah, fun.
0: From Mississauga. It, at this time last year, like right after the draft ends and everybody comes up with their, you know, early 2023 mock drafts, um, mm-hmm. he his name would have been in the lottery at this point. And he had a disappointing year at Michigan. A lot of, you know, sort of highly scouted freshmen had disappointing years and there is some belief that that had to do with COVID sort of limiting how much time these mm-hmm. teams had together and everybody had to acclimate. A
1: very valid. Yeah. I mean, who's to concern, say like, we'll, sure. we'll,
0: we'll see over time as like this <laughs> class of players.
1: It did not have an impact on yeah. teams. Successes. Yeah. We just
0: That's don't what know what it says. says about their future potential quite yet, I right. guess would be my point. Like, You know, there were players who transcended that and were able to still have impressive freshman years uh, or or Mm -hmm. above expectations, let's say, freshman years. So uh, I I don't want to say it's nothing, but he is also in the range. And if you would have said a year ago that the Raptors will be in a position to take him, you probably would have said the Raptors missed the playoffs. So um, (laughs) that didn't happen. And it's interesting, and he is another Montverde Academy player, where Scotty Burns played uh mm-hmm. his final year of college. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the big names. You know, the Raptors took Bruno Caboclo also, with the twentieth. Yeah, continue. The Raptors took Bruno Caboclo <laughs> with the 20th pick, so they'll probably take none of these guys that we've just discussed. Uh, but we'll be here next week to Oh,
1: you know, the Clint Capella, but that uh that Bruno draft will always just make me think of Clint Capella.
0: Yeah, I saw I saw his name in a potential Raptors trade rumor today. Um, so uh, Delon
1: Wright, I'm sure you would be a little thrilled. Yeah. Uh,
0: so because of our time constraints, I think we'll get into free agency next week. Uh, I have plenty oh, of stuff okay. up on the. Uh, we're going to get to some reader questions, which will touch on free agency, but we'll do a okay. more uh, full a fuller. I guess something can't be a more substantial free agency preview. Next week. Uh, and Dylan yeah. Wright is certainly one of the guys who could be in play for the Raptors. Um, he makes some sense uh, as a player uh, coming off the bench for your Raptors. Um, so before we say goodbye for now, uh
1: this felt really fast that's i mean probably not to the people listening because i've (laughs) stolen this conversation from you to talk about movies and formula one and everything under the sun but i think it's because we haven't talked in a while this is like flying by anyway let's go reader questions
0: um so let's start with a a guy that you've stand for many times this Mm -hmm. year uh Somebody asked uh, specifically about a second-round pick, but I'll uh, I'll phrase this from Charlie Bender. Uh, Does it make sense to package Malachi Flynn in a trade, or should the Raptors keep oh. him and actually put an effort into develop him, developing him into a backup point guard?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I I mean it makes sense if it, if you're getting something that you really value or think could be valued back. I mean, of course, but. Um, I, I don't feel like the team is like going into the off season with the thought we want to move Malachi or like we've given up on Malachi. I don't think that's where they are. Even though you may be a little confused as to where they're going or what their thoughts are based on this past year, um, but I think I I mean I think again we talked about uh Masai Ujiri being a patient person when it comes to building a team. Um, I kind of feel like Nick is the same way. Uh, with respect to like. Working with a player, developing a player, seeing how they fit, who they could become. Um, I, I, yeah, I hadn't really thought about, (laughs) thought about, uh, that, but I think that I just feel like the end of the season, you definitely saw much more from Malachi than you did when he wasn't playing. I mean, I was pretty hard on you about (laughs) your grading him. And then he did play better at the end of the season. So, um, I think it makes sense to, to, I mean, I think the team should still have faith in him, and I think they do. Uh, so I don't know if that answers the question. No, I yeah. think
0: that's basically what I would have said. Uh, he's not an impediment to doing something that they really want to do, but I, I don't, uh, you know... I don't he, think that's, he's like, at, the goal. And he's at a low value point. So, it. Uh, you know, just from right. an... Let's not talk about them as assets, but from an asset management point, uh, or viewpoint, it doesn't make much sense. Um... Rob, the real Mahoney, um, asks, "Which? Ce- oh my
1: gosh, that sounds so much like Rob Mahoney. Yeah. Is that his burner? A, a, Rob, is this your burner account?"
0: Shouts to Rob Mahoney. Um, <laughs> which scenario is more plausible? I'll, I'll read this slowly because a lot of initials involved. A move OG to shooting guard. GTJ, that's Gary Trent Jr. comes yeah. off the bench, and you use the mid-level exception to grab a center. That's the first scenario. B. Okay. Keep the starting five and use the mid-level exception to fix the bench. So a perimeter, mm-hmm. more of a perimeter player.
1: Oh, that's the two options? Those are the
0: two options.
1: Um, I think B.
0: Um, I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna say that I sort of think as is now. Gary Trent will come off the bench next year, if I had to guess. Right. Assuming none of the core guys get traded, but I would say that pre- I, agree with I would that say too, that Precious Achua would be the starting would be starting would be the yeah. starter, and they will use the mid level or the bulk of the mid level to sign a bench piece, probably. So you're saying the, A and B? Uh, I'm saying a hybrid answer. Yes, okay. C, okay. if you will, um, or A and B. If
1: what it, were we doing with OG in that scenario? He's
0: the de facto shooting guard, but who cares? Oh, okay, he, so not he's, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and Pascal and Scotty play the same position, right. Basically, gotcha. Um Yeah. Um, and the last question, and this can be a little preview for the for free agency. <laughs> What
1: percent... I thought you were going to say this will be a little treat. <laughs> oh, yes. I was excited. La- this no- is the last Raptors
0: question, to be clear. And then okay, I have okay, one okay. more question for you. From DS, Ramfan DS. what percentage chance would you put on Boucher and Thad Young being re-signed? Thanks.
1: Honestly, I think pretty high. Um, I think a higher percentage, I, I think greater than 50%. But maybe that doesn't seem high. But I just... <sighs> I feel like Boucher will be back with the Raptors. Uh, Young, I think there's more room there, depending on what he wants for himself next year. Like, Like if there's like a contending team that could want a veteran. I think that th- you know that could be something that makes his decision like if he would like to go somewhere where he's going to have a long playoff run, okay, maybe. But if not, I also could very much see him coming back here with the Raptors. I think he liked his time here last season. I think he connected really well with the guys and the coaching staff as well. I mean, he's had such high words of praise for them. Um, but I would say for both I'm going to you know what? I'm going to say I'm going to say 70%, 60% for both, and for Boucher, better than 85%.
0: I'm going to put Boucher at 65, um, Young at 40, and...
1: Damn, maybe I'm just too positive. And both
0: of them coming back, maybe 50, um...
1: All right. And see that's that's 50 was where I was to start and then I talked myself up. And, this is why yeah. I should never be allowed to like bet because And here are this my here doing. are my
0: basic thoughts and we'll get more into it next week. Mm-hmm. But if I'm Chris Boucher, I'm probably looking to get as much guaranteed money and mm-hmm. length as possible. Uh a, a term as possible. So the longer the contract and the more guaranteed money, probably the better. Um, Mm -hmm. With that, if I'm the Raptors, uh, I've written a ton about this, but you have so many competing sort of priorities that there's probably a hard cap on how much they want to pay both guys this year and into the future. I mean, in totality, Um, mostly because they want to avoid the tax this year and Mm -hmm. won't want to handicap themselves in terms of.
1: Long term, for long sure. Term.
0: Yeah. Um, so with Thad Young, I think like they might say, okay, we'll give him six million, or okay, we'll give him seven million. But a lot of competitive teams who are over the tax will have that taxpayer mid-level exception at something mm-hmm. like six point three five million to dangle him and, you know, doesn't he seem like a good veteran who can fill in in a bunch (laughs) of number ways for, you know, your Dallas Mavericks, your Los Angeles Clippers, your Boston Celtics, your, you know, name the team that's over your Golden State Warriors, name the team that's over the tax and that Mm -hmm. wants to win. And I think he makes a lot of sense in that slot. So... If he's deciding between 7 million with the Raptors and 6.35 million with another team and maybe a better championship shot, I think it becomes pretty complicated.
1: I want to revise my <laughs> I've predictions <convinced> you. <laughs> back to where I was. This is my problem. I can be convinced. I can talk myself in or be convinced out of anything too quickly. I would not be a good GM for many reasons, but that's probably one of the one of the greatest ones. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go back to fifty percent for both, and seventy percent for
0: Boosh. Um. All right. Well, you you basically just. Copied my answer. Um I didn't copy. Well, I said sixty five percent for Boucher and fifty percent for both. So uh
1: fine. Fifty percent for Boucher and Well, you just don't you don't need to change eighty percent for eighty percent for Boucher and fifty percent for both. All right, sorry.
0: All right. Um last question. I have no yes. idea to what this refers to, so hopefully you have some idea. Ryan no. P. At Fat Gumby, some good Raptors questions here already. Though I'd love to hear Eric explain why resign and resign are as different in meaning as apart and a part. Two words. Um, <laughs> uh, we can't do that on an audio medium. I, I that will get very headachey. Uh, he does have a Formula One question for you. Does racing need more local fauna invading the track?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, because it's really scary. In During the practice sessions in Montreal, um, something like blew onto the track, or at first we thought it was something that like blew onto the track. And then it was a groundhog. A groundhog was like darting between the cars, which is kind of insane. Later in the game, later in the game, later in the practice, my brain is still... Um, basketball terminology there were there was um some litter like a pop can was on the on the uh on the see so I was gonna say court on track. the track as well but yeah the groundhog was it was kind of fun luckily it didn't die and get you know
0: uh my dog just hopped out of the car uh just before oh, we God. just before we report recorded this podcast we had parked and he hopped out of the car but we didn't have his leash because we were like right next to home. And he ran immediately to a bird that was struggling on the ground like mm. a baby bird. Um, and like he didn't get him in its mouth, the bird in his mouth. No! But he did like make contact, and then the dog was the bird was lying there, either in shock or dead. Um
1: Eric. I, I
0: hated it. I hated all of it. Um
1: Eric, this is not no, that's uh, awful. Yeah.
0: Um Walter can't help it, he, that, that's his instinct um, I know, I know The bird looked like it was struggling already oh, it, was Walter,
1: Walter, Walter. it was very upsetting It was very upsetting Did you scream?
0: Uh, my wife did I did not scream I was, What did you do? I was trying to tell Walter Ag- to grab his collar Because uh, she was closer to him
1: um oh my goodness anyway i love that my story is like yeah the groundhog went between multiple f1 cars and it survived and yours is like oh by the way here's a
0: story about an animal who didn't survive maybe forever on (laughs) brand uh we Um, we gotta we gotta wrap this up sorry to wrap it up on this note uh so we are more than likely to be back here early next week wrapping up what the raptors did with the draft. Look,
1: hopefully, with a new with a new Raptors yeah,
0: rookie. Looking forward to what's coming in free agency, which starts on June the thirtieth. Uh, if any trades come, obviously we'll talk about that. Um, we'll hopefully keep our uh, prologue to less, fewer than fifteen minutes. That that yeah, would be advisable. Um, it's okay. People are here for banter. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, but until then, Holly. Uh, is there a race in Formula One this week? Yes, no.
1: Next week, not this week. Um, all right. Uh, there's three-on-three basketball, though. It's been a
0: very busy week for yeah, you've of basketball. Yeah, you want to so. quickly plug what you've been writing about?
1: Yeah, uh, covered the U18s, uh, the World, the Americas uh, Championship. The U18 boys uh, won a bronze medal. Uh, the U18, I should say, men, not boys. The U18 women. Uh, had a very close game against the U.S. in the gold medal game last night. They lost by, I think, five points. So they uh, came away uh, from Argentina with a silver medal, and both of those teams qualified for the 2023 Basketball World Cup, which is very exciting, um, under-19 World Cup. Um, Three-on-three basketball this week. Uh, The senior men's team will be playing some games next week. And then there'll be Global Jam, which is the which is the huge basketball festival that's going to be happening here at the beginning of July. So super oh, and the under seventeens are coming up as well. And you can pretty much watch all of these games. Um, the the FIBA games that I've mentioned, the under under eighteen, under seventeen, that on YouTube, just on FIBA's YouTube, which is awesome. And all the global jam will be on Sportsnet. So yay. Uh
0: I believe that's Canada Basketball. No, basketball.ca, right? That's the website. Um Yes. Yeah. that's where you can find holly's work um, yeah it's been a super
1: busy busy month and a good month and an exciting month so and now the draft which i still cannot believe is here
0: yeah um looking forward to seeing some good suits uh holly thank you for joining us and let's uh let's do this again next week huh yay everybody thanks for listening be safe out there and we'll talk to you next week see ya